0: This week's episode is sponsored by Raygun. You know Raygun, they are everything that developers need for crash reporting to help detect and diagnose software errors and do real user monitoring to find and fix performance issues in any application written in any language. Whether you're building an iOS, Android, Xamarin, web, JavaScript app, you name it, they support it. They automatically pick up your uncaught exceptions and you can even track your own. It's bananas, I use it myself in all of my applications. You can get a full 30-day trial by going to raygun.com/mergeconflict. That's raygun.com/mergeconflict. Thanks, Raygun.
1: James, a couple nights ago, I bored a friend by sitting down and watching a bunch of YouTube videos. And what did we watch? Cute cats. Reviews of movies? Nope, none of that. A bunch of AR kit demos. Because oh man, I'm... Frank,
0: I, I knew it, right? Apple releases a new API, and of course, uh-huh. you're just excited. The bee's knees, everything is amazing. Everything is awesome again. Thanks, Apple. Yes. Is that what happened?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that and a million other things. You know me. I, I've been kind of into AR for a while, but I've never actually released an app for it. That's and, true. I mean, I've
0: the... seen you actually do sessions on AR, not only at our user group, but I think at Evolve and I think years upon years before that, and also I've seen some prototype things that you've made that I've been like interested in. Um, so, and we also did an entire episode when Pokemon Go came out to, to kind of talk about the future of kit So this is something that I think not only you are interested in, but I've been interested in, but for me it's been it's just been too complicated. Like I yeah. like math, but I'm not a genius, okay?
1: Yeah, and that was kind of my excuse too. Um, <laughs> I understood the math enough to get these demos working and all that stuff, but I also understood um, there's a big difference between getting a demo working and then getting something actually good quality going and, you know, getting all the lighting right, getting models in there, integrating 3D engines, not killing the user's battery. It's kind of a big deal. Um, but now, now Apple has blessed us with ARKit and they kind of removed the technical hurdle. And so it's just it's been kind of intriguing seeing what everyone's come up with now that the technical hurdle's gone.
0: Yeah, it's. I would say that I've never seen. I, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've ever seen a development community, specifically around iOS development, be so excited and be able to create content that's shareable in such a short amount of time. Like I've never seen so much excitement around like a single like api you know i think people were excited when they heard about machine learning or like siri kit and all these other things but those aren't really like the visual like this is the most visual api that i think apple has come out with because like scene kit and sprite kit are cool right but it's it's more for games where like i've seen so many different crazy ideas um come up with and
1: and i think i I feel like i said this before but i'll repeat it it's this is a kind of uniquely mobile thing desktop computers can't do this, uh, your laptop's not going to do this, it's going to look super awkward. And so even from the first iPhone, we've all been trying to do AR on it. And just because it was so natural, here's a camera, here's a 3D graphics card, and a beautiful screen, let's do some AR. So it's just getting over that technical hurdle. And now we have YouTube channels just full of awesome videos by what's growing to be an awesome community.
0: Yeah, I, I honestly, I just go to madewitharkit.com, which is yeah. in the show notes. And I think every day I just browse because I'm on Twitter and I see cool things and I even see things that are coming out of the Xamarin community too with things like Erho Sharp, which, are, which, is, um, which is a cool 3D engine and like they're mixing it with ARKit together to make it easy. But like some of these things are so ridiculous. And I think the typical things that you see that we expected, like we talked about it in previous WWDCU things about here's a measuring tape and a ruler, you know, like (laughs) these are things that we expected. But I honestly like I did not expect some things such as um, let's just go ahead and recreate the entire aha music video in AR <laughs> kit that you're you're
1: part of. We have to have a link to that one. It's pretty incredible. I just saw that last night, and they did that whole sketch effect from the music video, and you could actually walk through a portal, and then it did the sketch that, you know, the nice uh, ink-on-white-paper sketch effect for your entire living room, did it in real time. It was super augmented reality. And that was cool, because a lot of the demos that we're seeing what apple made really easy is place a 3d object into the world they made that Mm -hmm. super easy it's just a few api calls but what's really cool is to see the more augmentation of that world you know really just manipulating it so that that uh demo is particularly awesome what else what else let's talk about these videos they're so cool (laughs) i mean i
0: like the idea of of, i've seen a few of them where there's this door and you walk you're in you're anywhere in the world right And and the cool thing that you have to remember is that it's not just your like in this aha video, right? They're not just like recreating the video, they're mapping the physical space around you, which I think was something really unique when we talked about AR and and VR and and mixed reality. Like when I really got into the HTC Vive, is because like I had this world and the physical things were mapping around me or like with the HoloLens, it's like mapped and Mm -hmm. and like this vision through the phone, but like that there's a portal in the phone that is like exposing this world around you. And I've seen that similar like door example, like out in the real world You will like walk into like this, this wilderness, like, but you're in the middle of a city and then you can turn around and guess what behind you is that door, but the reverse of it, which you're peeking into the city now
1: i'm gonna be walking into so many walls walking into so many people and just columns in the way and all that because what i was thinking when i first saw that i was like wow that's amazing i love it but i was like "Eh, do i really want to step into a fantasy world you know what am i gonna do you know i kill bats or whatever i don't know but then it occurred to me and i think i actually found a video on this uh you can create like virtual shopping centers so Mm -hmm. enter this little portal and now you're in this store that just happens to exist on this piece of land you know you could anchor it to any physical part of the world or you could anchor it right to your house and just always have it there
0: yeah like this one there's a there's a lot i think there are gonna be a lot of interesting use cases for the shopping there's a one where i'm buying pillows for my couch and (laughs) i want to look at designs and i just plop it down wherever i want on the couch and i can then visualize it with guess what my actual couch with my actual pillows that already exist
1: that that video is hilarious that's the wham video right it's Mm -hmm. just the pillow says wham Oh yeah oh that that one's fun my favorite though so far is a dancing lessons one where it'll show the foot pattern on the floor and then you just have to put your feet over the foot patterns and time it to the thing and hopefully you'll learn the cha-cha or something i don't know but i'm kind of excited for that one because i'm a terrible dancer but i think i'd be willing to look silly in my apartment trying to follow like some augmented reality dance program
0: yeah i like the idea that it's a little bit more than just like augmented i mean it's i think it's i like the idea of the augmented reality being more of just looking at the idea of virtually interacting with i think is really unique because when i look at what the vive did and kind of brought me into that vr space i was interacting with Mm -hmm. this space and what I thought was cool even about that aha video was that you know when you put your hand in front of the video, like your hand was inside the sketch, you know, or when you're putting that pillow down, you're interacting with this space and it becomes a helpful thing. It's not just like, oh, there's this game happening in front of me, you know, where I'm just always looking, I'm the observer, right? I wanna be involved in it somehow. Yeah. And I think that's what's really unique about it and, and getting that perspective. Like when I was doing Pokemon Go, which I've actually gotten re- recently back into because I started Raids Uh-oh. and a bunch of really cool things. I turned it off right away because it, it didn't do
1: anything oh. for me, I guess. The, you, you turned off the augmented reality screen in the app, the the app known for its augmented reality. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. The, the app known for its augmented reality is the very first thing I turned off because... <laughs> It wasn't, like, good AR. It was just like, oh, this Pokemon is now just, like, Uh, floating somewhere. Now, they showed a new demo during WWDC, right, where, like, the Pokemon will actually be mapped (laughs) to the physical space around you, and you could interact with it. So, maybe I'll try that out again on, on, on my iOS device if I if i have one <laughs> that's my problem well,
1: it, it, it brings up an interesting point though is uh companies who have struggled who have written their own ar engines who struggle through all the math and everything i'm curious to see if they'll rewrite to you know exploit apple's built-in stuff but then if they're cross-platform they might and not all that but i'm trying to avoid all that i'm for now i'm just pretending android doesn't exist and just <laughs> ios all the way <laughs>
0: Um, Well, I think that's what's interesting is if you actually um, if you take a look back in the world of Android, there was Project Tango and Project Tango was its own device, actually, that was essentially built for AR.
1: So what happened to that? Uh, someone was just asking me the question, what happened to Project Tango? I signed up. Um, There was like a, you, you could try to become a developer by filling out a questionnaire and begging and pleading. And I did that and I, I never got a Tango. Did you ever get a Tango? Did you ever see a Tango?
0: Um, I've seen a Tango because I was at Google IO and they had the 3D space all set up around you. And the idea was that it was supposed to be like not only augmented reality, but kind of like computer vision too at the same time so it had motion tracking it had area learning and it also had depth perception so kind of all these things yeah. combined and they kind of called it the six axis of freedom so three axis of orientation plus three axis of motion mm-hmm. um and as far as I know I think it just kind of died okay. there was a few <laughs> phones that built it in so L- Lenovo and Asus both built phones that technically had it built in and they were like um Project Tango devices yeah but
1: i, well, I think
0: they mostly used it for internal kind of um it was a prototype yeah, it was a perfect time.
1: Uh, you bring up an interesting point, though, because you mentioned how um, this community around ARKit is springing up and how they will be able to distribute all their stuff come September or October, you know, when iOS 11 is actually released. But the big deal there is it actually runs on a bunch of devices. It'll run on your iPad. It'll run on your phone. You don't need to get any special hardware. And there are downsides to that. Um, I think everyone's been really amazed with its real world tracking, as in mm. it can find surfaces and you can kind of glue objects to those surfaces so they stay put in the real world you get your pokemon they stay on the ground uh but it's all done in software without any special hardware so there are errors and you will see drift and things like that so it's awesome that we get this great distribution by working on so many devices we don't require the tango with its depth scanning and all that craziness uh but I hope in the future we will actually get a few more extra sensors, a few Tango-inspired sensors, uh, just to improve it, to get those Pokemon really still on the ground fixed. Yeah, it'll be
0: it it'll be interesting to see how it evolved, because I actually went, and there's like a Tango-featured applications, and of course I don't have any actual devices that it works with, because I never myself also got a Tango device to mess around with. But there's actually like a Hot Wheels game, there's like a Gap dressing room. <laughs> but it's what's interesting is that if the Tango applications only literally work with five devices, then does it right. actually yeah. exist? You know, that's kind of yeah. the the question is like, it's, you know, if if you don't document a feature, you know, if you, if you have a feature that no well, one I mean, can use, does that feature exist?
1: Isn't that the Android story?
0: <laughs> that basically, I mean, so I think what's interesting is that while well, augmented reality isn't new, you know, the idea that I think what's new about ARKit is that everybody gets it. And I think- yeah. They don't only just, they get it on their phone. That's what I'm saying. It's like everyone gets to participate. So all these app ideas that you're going to see, it's like, it's not like it's in an elite group of users. Guess what? As soon as iOS 11 technically comes out to everyone, basically all the devices get it, which I think is cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I want to go back to the app ideas one because I'm, I'm facing a conundrum and I need your help. Okay, so I'm ready. I, I've, I've had three good ARK app ideas. And so far, three for three, I've seen great demos of them on YouTube already, (laughs) as in someone else has already done it. And so it's a little frustrating. So I keep debating with myself. Do you think uh, in this world there's going to be room for competition? If you see someone do a cool ruler app, should you try to make a ruler app? Or would you just keep racking your brain until you come up with something original? Because it's going to be all originality from here on.
0: That's a good question. I think that there's going to be a a market for all sorts of different applications and i think that you're going to see a bunch of of applications that do the same thing and they all do them a little bit different i think that the best one will win out right so that's why you have a thousand different note-taking applications and you have a thousand different calculators and you have a bunch of different things the nice thing right now is that nothing is sherlocked right because actual apple hasn't built anything out of the box i don't think um for it so i think that there's room for a competition and I think that just like any other application, you know, this comes into marketing, into the video, into the oh, app icon <laughs> that's out there, but also using AdWords, not AdWords, but um, <laughs> search words, search advertisement thing stuff in iTunes. But I think for me, like that's never stopped me from building an application. Like when I have an app idea, I built Scoreboard, right? I knew that there were other Scoreboard applications out there, but I wanted to build an app for me that I thought was super cool, that was designed for the types of games that I wanted to play, and I wanted it to be nicer. So I built yep. it, and I said, "You know, I'm not going to look." out there at other types of applications and things like that i'm just gonna do it right and i did it so i don't know i just that was kind of my thought you know what i mean so i don't know
1: i'm in the same place i mean i wrote a podcast app after there were already a billion podcast apps out there so i'm all about putting an app out there for a reason like the question is
0: do we get augmented reality advertisement
1: oh yes oh yes sir it's coming (laughs) i figure i figure that the majority of the use of this app um is going to come from stores and advertisements in the future unfortunately it'll be like do you want to see that pokemon well first the pokemon has to sell you on this pair of sunglasses But I, I think that's a ways in the future. We're still in the uh, tech demo phase, you know. First, we're going to come out with all this crazy stuff, and then people are going to get really tired of it. Two or three years will go by. Uh, the technology will improve, and then we'll have real augmented reality. So we are still in the baby steps first place.
0: Yeah, because I think that while ARKit is going to simplify a bunch of things, it's probably not going to do everything under the sun,
1: right? Right. We're we're just trying the ideas right now. we got to see what people are going to find annoying what they're going to find cute what do you want you know uh, i was joking with my friend uh this is going to be great for the virtual pet industry you oh know the, un- yeah the things that you have to feed constantly so yeah they're going to be living on your desk all your little virtual pets and hopping around your office and all that stuff but you know will it stick will people want to collect those pokemon <laughs> or will just go away in a year but it's, who a, cares? it's,
0: it's an interesting question because I almost think of augmented reality the same as um, speaking to a dingus. And Mm. if that dingus is your phone and you're talking to your Android or iOS device, I don't see a lot of people doing that. And I, you know, listen to a lot of podcasts, as I'm sure you do, and specifically even in Gruber, I I listen to Gruber a lot on the talk show. And I think that while the speech recognition has gotten uh, so much better uh, between Mm. these devices, I still don't just talk to it. Like maybe I'll do voice dictation to mm-hmm. send a text message to Heather or to somebody else, but only in the <sighs> point in time where literally everything in my hand is, you know, completely full. Like I don't know if I really like with Pokemon Go, like, I don't actually know if I want to be walking around the physical world <laughs> doing augmented reality stuff because like I like the idea of of Pokemon Go and the augmented reality stuff, but, like do I really want to be out and like doing that? I, I don't I don't know if if that's going to catch on. And maybe I'm wrong. I I don't know.
1: Yeah, It's hard to say. I saw one demo that I think could be nice. Right now it looks pretty rough, but the idea is kind of a virtual graffiti. So anywhere Mm -hmm. in the world, we can collectively redecorate the world, you know, Uh, paint on walls, create 3D objects, just place them around. Will that become like a little second life? Like you could open up your uh, phone and see into this this virtual world that people are slowly creating around you that's persistent you know like i put i put a i don't know <laughs> mario mario's jumping up and down my street for some reason i just decided he needs to and i think I, I would be half intrigued if it actually took off to wander around people's virtual worlds and see what they find interesting so there's potential you know i don't want to. Um, I don't want to assume that everything's confined to what we're imagining today because things yeah. are going to change fast well, now.
0: I like I like that idea, though, peering into this virtual world. Imagine, like, movie companion applications or game companion applications where the actual movie is coming to life around you. Like, I don't know if you watched mm-hmm. the Ready Player One trailer or not. Oh, which boy. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about I'm not going to get into it. I microblogged about it. But... um you know, in that instance, like you're peering and you go into Oasis, like that's in the book and in the movie, they go into Oasis, which is this virtual world. Imagine an application where you are peering into Oasis and seeing what is currently there. It's kind of like bringing MMOs to life in a way. Like I remember when there was the Matrix MMO or World of Warcraft mm-hmm. or any of these other ones, you, you play these games to get entrenched in the actual yeah. lore and the canon of the actual um, games or the movies and i think that there's this other potential of of doing that and also in the physical space as well i was literally just watching a vox video and i watched um baby driver which is like one of my new favorite movies it's so good <laughs> and they mapped out the route on the actual map of one of the chase scenes and it was so cool because it's of atlanta and there was like parts where like, and we jumped over here and now we're over here. Cause like, and, but it, like most of it was actually done almost in a single, like, you know, track or whatever, yep. but then all of a sudden they'd be jumping. So imagine you're on that street <laughs> and then you could watch back the actual, you know, driving or scene in that, in that virtual mm-hmm. space. Uh, that'd be kind oh. of interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're actually making me think of also in iOS 11, uh, we we're talking about getting Sherlock or not. Apple does have one AR feature in iOS 11. And that is when you're in the maps mode, and you're in one of the cities that actually has uh, has been 3d scanned by Apple. So you can enter that cool mode where everything looks like a low-res polygon but it's still Mm -hmm. neat because buildings are tall trees are there road bridges are actually bridges you can put that into ar mode (laughs) and what you become is this giant walking over the earth and you can peer down upon the planet with your phone and zoom into a building and then walk over the bay and zoom into another building and it turns your house into a giant map that you can clobber over like a i don't know some destroyer of planets i don't know, <laughs> but it's super cool and it was actually just making me think of that from a uh, baby driver i'd love to see the little baby driver car dr- <laughs> driving driver around now. the city and chasing it with my little lens <laughs> seeing where he's going
0: well, that'd be pretty cool that'd be pretty cool well I want to talk about what we can do currently today, maybe what you've messed around with and some of your visions but let's take a quick break uh Frank and thank our sponsor today of Merge Conflict, which is Telerik. Um, Telerik is an amazing company that, that creates controls and charts and graphs for every single platform that you can possibly imagine. And they want to tell they want us to tell you about their brand new offering for Xamarin developers, which is Telerik UI for Xamarin. It's available today. Um, you go to Telerik.com/mergeconflict. It'll take you directly there. And the cool part about Telerik UI for Xamarin is is all the like stuff that you want, but you don't want to build. So charts and graphs and list pickers and side doors and calendars and enhanced list views and data forms and grids and all that stuff that's available for iOS, Android and Xamarin forms. So you get all this stuff built into single like NuGet So you can just pull down integrate and get up and running super fast. What's awesome about it is you can try it completely for free and enjoy all the benefits of Telerik UI for Xamarin by going to Telerik.com slash merge conflict. I love these things because also, really cool templates to get you started um, in Visual Studio. And they even have sample applications that you can download from the App Store to see the full Telerik UI collection. So when you go to telerik.com slash Merge Conflict, that'll take you directly to all the awesome, cool UI for Xamarin and links to download the iOS and Android App Store. So thanks, Telerik, for sponsoring Merge Conflict. Frank, Frank, Frank. All right. So I talked about Tango and yeah. all the stuff that it does, but you said that ARKit doesn't do all that. Now, you've had some time to experiment with ARKit way more than I have. So like, what can I actually do with ARKit and what can't I do with ARKit?
1: Yeah, let's get technical for a second, just uh, so we're all on the same page here. ARKit is actually kind of technology agnostic. So they're trying to capture all the uh, the inertial measurement unit on the phone. So that's the accelerometer, the gyroscope, uh, whatever else, the magnetometer. They're integrating all that stuff. And that's kind of fundamentally what ARKit is doing. It's just positioning you and orienting you in 3D space. That's your six degrees of freedom you were talking okay. about before. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now beyond that, um, you, you also obviously have the video camera, and you want to compose a graphical scene. And it's really up to you how you want to make. How do you want to actually put graphics on the screen? They um they come with Scene Kit and uh, Sprite Kit. Is that right? I always get that mm-hmm. name wrong. Yeah, and they make it super easy for you to use Scene Kit and Sprite Kit. So if you're used to those technologies, they're there. But then Xamarin did something cool, and they got the uh. Oh, help me with the pronunciation the erho, erho <laughs> graphics sharp. engine yeah. running on it do you want to talk about that
0: well yeah erho erho sharp was so erho itself is a erho 3d i should say is a um originally i think it was like a c++ library or whatever and you know yeah. what we're all about which is essentially taking c++ or non c sharp things and making them c sharpified so erho yeah. sharp essentially is the 3D cross-platform scenario of that. So when you go to, I think it's github.com slash Xamarin slash Urho, I'll put in the show notes. But what's really cool is that it's actually this 3D engine that you can put into your application and it supports kind of everything like windows wpf it even source wind forms ios tvOS, android <laughs> uwp yeah. hololens to do 3d holograms and even xamarin forms like i said so you can build games in it you can do charts and graphs and 3d stuff with it but there's a really cool demo we have this like really cool 3d model that like dances or whatever um and <laughs> i don't know if
1: anyone's seen it it's kind of hilarious so it's this like monster out of a game where you would be killing this monster to even be a boss or something but mm-hmm. instead it's doing like break dancing it's kind of hilarious mm-hmm. i love it yeah. it's a great demo
0: it's it, it's pretty cool and and there's some really cool things um essentially with it too which is that they essentially integrated ar kit into the erho sharp actual package so what's cool about that is that if you already and it's, it's kind of similar because i think they did this mapping for the Hololens support because it had to also map out the physical world so i think there's just some additional apis that you can tap into to actually I think they call it sharp reality or something like that, where essentially they can just go and you know get the planes, but they've abstracted it into this other layer that um, yeah. to integrate well, into the game engine.
1: I think that's the coolest part here, actually. Um, the HoloLens, as we all know, doesn't really exist because no one can get one. <laughs> but mm-hmm. at the same time, anyone who's ever used one, it's really a fun device uh just the way it can do wall tracking and right now ar kit is limited it can only find horizontal planes like floors and tabletops and i don't even know if it can do ceilings either to be honest i have to try that one but the Hall lens, because it's super special hardware and has a bazillion sensors on it can figure everything out and the cool thing though is if you write your ar experience in Uro. Urho, then um, it should be able to run on the HoloLens if it ever gets released.
0: Yeah. And I think also the idea there is that, the you know, as a Xamarin developer, my problem is that if I want to think about, and I think you said it earlier, starting to create a cross-platform application, well, ARKit is only for this device, yeah. and we have to essentially wait for other engines to integrate. And I think Unity integrated it. Now our Sharp has done it. So I think all these other engines will start integrating the core technology into into it, which is kind of nice because you want that abstraction almost, I think, in a way to say, well, what happens when Google does release one? Well, I just want to plug it in, right? I don't have to recreate the wheel.
1: Well, think of it this way. We've, we've had SceneKit forever to compose a 3D scene and put a camera in it. That's no big deal. But people don't really use it. What they use are the engines. They use Unreal and Unity. And they do that because they have very nice editors and they're designed to make it easy to create 3D content and compose together scenes and make things reactive. They have great componentized architectures. So while uh, Apple's giving you a nice, easy, th- uh, easy jump in with SceneKit and everything, I think that uh, the most use will be using these bigger engines, which is great, though, uh, that they made it that easy to integrate that all these engines have already caught up and they're basically available. So if you love them, just keep using them.
0: Yeah, I got to imagine that Apple made it so simple because I'm sure that the API is so elegant, so beautiful, so (laughs) magical. Uh
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's frustrating. It's a good API, honestly, without without all that cynicism behind your voice there. Um, it's, It's just like... Give us a configuration. What do you want it to do? Hit run. Make sure to pause it when the screen's off. That's it. And then just compose your scene. So I mentioned limitations. Uh, the biggest limitation right now that I face is that plane detection, how it can only yeah. detect tabletops and such. It, it does limit your experience. So remember someone on Twitter had a... a Uh, awesome idea an app uh, for the visually impaired where the phone could look at walls and see how far walls are away from you and then it can become kind of like a sonar thing and guide you through a room and get you through corridors without having to uh, use other means i guess and i just thought it was such a lovely idea i wanted to program it immediately but then i found out the api doesn't detect walls so Um, maybe ios 12 someday (laughs) yeah have you seen have you seen seeing ai Yeah, that is such a cool app uh this one i feel a tiny bit sure on because i was writing this app too (laughs) but uh so seeing ai microsoft wrote this app for again the visually impaired and but this is using instead of augmented reality it's using um neural networks to detect objects in the camera's view so it can tell you there's a person in front of you it's a boy and it's about 30 years old and it looks angry you know it would say something like that um what a cool app have you played with it
0: I have, I have it on my iPhone. So it's actually built in Xamarin, which is pretty cool to begin is with. Um, and uh, so it's on iOS and they're, they're using a lot of metal APIs and a lot of things like that. And I'm sure that they're really excited to implement core ML, but I think it's super interesting because you can like scan like your face, Frank or me, and then it'll actually tell you that it's me. And, and it was like super accurate. It was scary accurate. We're at one week and which is like an internal Microsoft uh, the thing that we do every year. And how,
1: how did you do, when it, when it scanned your face, first it said I was 34 years old, which may, made me feel great. And then after it said I was 42 years old, and that made me feel not so great. Oh, man. Um, so, I scanned
0: three far? people, and it was accurate within a year. And, like, everything about it was, was like, perfect. <gasps> wow. It you was great.
1: representative friends.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was really good. Like, they even had these scenes, right, which I think is, like, interesting, right? Because I think scanning text and documents and products is cool. But they had the scene thing, which I think the AR kit may be able to do some interaction with of the depth or whatever it's doing because i scanned this desk and it was like computer it said com- computer turned on sitting on a desk and i was like yeah crazy <laughs> almost
1: um. as good as my demo at the meetup <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i but think it, this is Oh, sorry, but this is like AR level two, when we start integrating the machine learning with it. So when it can say, ah, that's a computer monitor on your desk, and now I'll track it, or maybe I'll augment it into something else. You know, I'll I'll do a virtual desktop or something on it. I -hmm. think that's when we'll get into the more advanced stuff, when you have uh, image recognition, object tracking, and augmentation all working together.
0: Yeah, because I think about that world, right, where, where, yeah, so right now... If you if you can detect what it is, then you can bring in the AR kit on top of it, like you're saying, is that, oh, I know that this is a a credit card because I mm-hmm. right, and then I can bring up the virtual 3D, you know, augmented thing around it. Or this is a wallet or this is a computer monitor. or This is this game. And we're smart enough now to use all of these cool things built in. Um, to kind of create this immerse world, but it, it has knowledge of the world. I think that's what's powerful is, is knowing what's around it.
1: Yeah, and there's even more technologies here, and it was just occurring to me. Yeah, your battery's just dying right now, but let's let's keep let's keep killing the battery. Uh, if you have uh, an iPhone Seven Plus, you have two cameras on your phone, two lenses at least. Yeah, probably two cameras too. And um, what it can do is create a depth map of the world, and it can see how far objects are away just by using uh, the distortion between the two lenses and that's awesome and eventually it's not right now but that can be integrated into ARKit. something you'll notice um i don't know if you oh i think you did you caught this demo where someone wanted to map and uh, map out a route they're going for a walk or something and what ARKit can do is draw these big blue lines or a rainbow pathway whatever you need just you know a red carpet to get you to where you're going and it, it does that very well. But the problem is, it doesn't know what a building is, it's not recognizing a building. So these lines will just go through buildings, they'll go through walls, you know, they're, they're on the road, cars will drive through them. It has no concept of any of that stuff. But eventually, um, we'll be able to use the depth map from the lenses and integrate it. So I, get, I think that again, it's just why I'm so excited is all this integration is just coming. It's just all over the horizon.
0: Yeah, I guess what what I'm interested in is like what is practical today? Like we see a lot of these cool demos and like so the aha thing, like that's cool. <laughs> and that might be an app that you download and use once and then you're like, all right, cool, like I'm never going to use that again, right? So could what could be a game. <laughs> it could be a game. Yeah, but to but to you like what is the practicality and the realism of these these ideas and these visions that we're seeing to to actually make Real apps, are they the full apps? Are they complementary to apps? Like, how are you envisioning that in in the next things that you're building?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I I think the majority of the uses are going to be complements. People are just going to have some data that they realize that they can visualize 3D, and that'll be a good thing. I guess right now I'm a little more interested in the AR-first apps, where it's the main thing. Uh, But moving ahead in the future... Uh, Yeah, it's just going to be augmentation of a current view so what's it good at it's it's good at horizontal planes so any ar experience that you think that you can glue to a tabletop like uh, uh an rts game where you're moving troops around a tabletop or a dungeons and dragons clone where you're moving through a dungeon or something like that that's gonna be awesome for that i don't i have a few friends that like to play D and i can't wait until we're just playing on a 3d world on my <laughs> tabletop and just doing it that way it'll be a merger of the video game but you're all you're still sitting around with your friends and having fun and knocking each other's pieces over Uh, it's going to be all over the board like that you know um just keep in mind those simple limitations of it objects still drift a little bit you're not i've seen house planners where you try to like virtually build a house in an empty lot (laughs) but (laughs) i think we're still a little bit away from making that a reality but you know um keep it in the apartment and i think it'll work well
0: I like that. Keep it, keep it in the apartment. That's the, that's the uh, <laughs> keep that AR in the apartment. It, it,
1: cool. it can do outside, but it does, you know, it's precision. Eventually sensors drift. That That's just the reality of the world. Um, And until we get perfect sensors, this kind of stuff will never be perfect.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, do you think then, you know, with the iPhone 8 or 8, I guess, coming out this fall, do, do you envision that there is Unlocked potential for new hardware, then that will be exclusive to like the next evolution of AR. Or do you think we'll still? I know we're now we're just we're just hypothesizing things to talk about next year on episode 114 of Merge Conflict. But do you think that's Apple's
1: plans? We're not a tech podcast unless we make guesses about the iPhone 8. Uh, my guess is no, we're not going to get any dedicated hardware because the kind of hardware it takes tends to be very high power. Uh, you want to shoot out lasers into the world so that you can do a 3D scan. And that just eats up, <laughs> will completely eat up battery and goes against Apple's design ethos of making every device thinner and thinner and thinner <laughs> with a smaller mm. battery. But that's not to say it won't happen in the future just not just yet i think they did such an amazing job with the software that they'll just rest on that for a little bit put keep playing around with the hardware and only release hardware when they have something awesome yeah that makes i kind of hope i'm wrong yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that's true do you think it makes sense for it to be phone focused or tablet focused like how how like to me like i don't know
1: It has to be the phone. The phone is the primary device. Um, Tablets are great. I love tablets. They're little computers. They sit in your lap. They're wonderful. But the phone is the mobile device. If we're ever going to have these virtual shopping experiences or virtual art fairs, any of that kind of stuff, it's going to be happening through the phone.
0: Mm, That makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't even own a tab. Why well, have I an iPad Pro for testing? But that's about it. Like, just to see, like, oh, I need a device that I can install iOS 11 betas on that I'm not carrying around all day, and that's my iPad. So, um. so
1: truth be told, I've done all my AR demos on an iPad just because it's a big screen and it's nice. Um, but I, I have to admit, I'm a little bit shy because you do look a tiny bit foolish waving an iPad around in the air. Whereas <laughs> I think people give you a smaller pass if you're waving a phone around in the air. You know? Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Well, so what else are you building? What are you building, Frank? I'm going to be building nothing, probably.
1: Oh, come on. (laughs) Coffee, coffee, somehow, augment reality. Coffee, make your own coffee, find your way to the coffee shop. I don't know. We we, we can augment that app somehow. (laughs) Well, I think what
0: you want to do with coffee, um, these are just free million-dollar ideas, throwing them out there. Um, What do you got? What you want to do with coffee is that there's all of these... Um, applications that tell you how to make coffee there's all these different devices i mean whether you're using a chemex or a pour over or some other device there's different ways of making coffee but really what you want is kind of like the level of water the amount of water the weight of water so maybe like integrating in some sensors or knowing like how much water you need to pour in or like how hot it needs to be, like different sensors, I guess, I guess would be interesting. So I Ah. think like having a virtual one side by side so you can mirror the coffee brewing experience would be kind of cool. Yeah, I I,
1: I like the IoT AR mashup there. Mm-hmm. Uh, bet you have a lot of fun potential there. You can yeah. visualize how much water is in your washing machine, <laughs> or something yeah, exactly. like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, for ideas, uh, I've been bouncing. We, we've mentioned a few of them. Um, I definitely I, I want to try to do something for the visually impaired. I um I actually anyone who knows me, I'm I'm a big map dork i like to write maps and mapping software and visualizations and that so i was actually thinking about doing um that gigantor uh overlooker view for hiking maps so you can see the terrain and walk around a mountain in your apartment and you know just check out what the trees look like and just fun things like that of just being able to move around a giant map in your apartment with more dedication than apple's gonna do so great competing with apple i still (laughs) i still want to do the directions app but you know integrate it with that i have a dragon app do you remember my dragon app from that demo i Mm -hmm. gave i do yeah this is a fun one where you just shoot dragons out of the sky. You know the world's been infested with dragons somehow. So pre Pokemon Go, I didn't have the clever idea of collecting the dragons. <laughs> me, I was just going to go murder the dragons. So it's going to be a great, great <laughs> so hunt violent. the dragons app. Yeah, <laughs> I grew up in the eighties. Give me a break. <laughs> uh, so I, I have I have a few too many ideas is actually the issue. Um, so just coming up with one good one uh, to get out before September. That's there the you. trick.
0: What if you could use continuous and see your app come to life in the three D world?
1: You could program augmented programming. Wouldn't oh that be k- great! Kelka, <laughs> in the sky, and <laughs> just start putting numbers everywhere. <laughs>
0: just imagine your graphs and charts just like coming, and then you can manipulate them. Like
1: you can walk over it, step over the graph. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> see, yeah. there are so much potential for stupid ideas. What a good technology! <laughs> yeah,
0: you know what I want is just a. An augmented reality uh dry erase board so then i can yeah. stick up notes up to the wall and then i can you know i could filter them and i could say like show me xyz but it like knows that it's on the wall or on my desk because i do that all the time but like yeah i don't know but, like, i don't potential. have a lot of room right that's the thing is like <laughs> i want to have virtual not just yeah. virtual desktops but virtual dry erase boards
1: Yeah, excellent. And you can just put screens up too. have a movie running there instead of a poster, things like Mm -hmm. that. I think that's why I was a little disappointed that it didn't have wall detection built in. I think once we have wall detection, we can start doing a lot of these more fun ones of just having virtual computers, like have your SSH session up on a wall so that you can (laughs) walk over and see how the log is doing. Walk over to another wall, see another log.
0: Yeah, Uh, iOS uh, (laughs) 11.1.
1: In 12, we'll see. We'll see. Have faith, I guess.
0: Well, you know, they made it in enum. So there's, right. if you don't know about ARC, there's an enum that says like what type of detection you want. What does it say right now? Just like horizontal surfaces? Yeah, there,
1: there's one entry, an enum with one entry. You can choose between, you know, uh you can have any color you want as long as it's black. So in this case, <laughs> any plane you want as long as it's horizontal. So
0: okay. we're going <laughs> to see a lot of horizontal demos
1: ah people are clever if you do your math right you can you can turn a horizontal into a vertical that's true it takes a little more effort though
0: yeah just flip it 180 degrees that's
1: right <laughs> easy peasy, easy <laughs> sure peasy. work.
0: all right frank anything else on ar kit you want to
1: tackle <laughs> no thanks for letting me do an episode i think I, we've been chomping at the bit to talk about this one
0: <laughs> yeah well we got a little bit of uh, listener feedback some physical um actually handwritten and by handwritten i mean printed out on a piece of paper what yeah, they this, paper this still? The, the, it's a, the paper is a thing that still exists and people buy it. And oh. um, I, I okay. tweeted out a, a while ago. I said, does anyone work at Nintendo? Because I really want an NES classic. And it's basically oh, the only ooh. way I'm going to get it without spending a thousand
1: dollars. Got it.
0: <laughs> and Luce, um, she, mail, she tweeted me back and she said, hey, I, I have one and I don't really want it and you can have it. And I said, cool, I'll, I'll pay for shipping. I'll pay for everything, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I got a package from Luce and uh, it was awesome. And we got a handwritten note to both Frank and James, um, yeah, which was cool. And she's yeah. she's written in many a times in the past and we've, we've done a lot of things, but she she took this opportunity to say, hey, I'm sending a package. So also I will put in a, my questions in physical paper form.
1: Oh, this is special. So we'll actually have to pay attention and answer well. Okay, Yes, I'm ready.
0: So um, she first asks, uh, this is actually kind of a what do we want for the next year type of question. But she said, Mm -hmm. question one is, uh, what topics do we have lined up for the foreseeable future now that we've hit our amazing and awesome one-year milestone? Like, what do we want to see in the next year?
1: Well, we have all the topics that we didn't think were good enough to air, so we have those left. (laughs) Hopefully we won't do those. What what do we want to see in the next year? God, I'm so satisfied right now. I just spent 40 minutes talking about how happy I am. Uh, you go first. Well, I think for me, it's, you know, I I want to, we, we always just hop
0: on and we talk about whatever is on our mind that week or the week before. So we, what's interesting about Merge Conflict is usually we, we have a, a Google Doc that literally just has like 180 different topics. Maybe we're 200 topics. And we go in and we just like write stuff down, like what is on our mind? Or we see some cool demo, like we're researching it and we just talk about it. So for me, it's kind of where do I see the industry going over the next year? So to me, it's like, are we going to venture into the TV or wearables going to become a thing or or hardware releases? How are that's going to change the shape of what we do as development? But at the same time, what I think I'm excited for and over the next few months and into the early next year is how is how is the life of a .NET developer and C Sharp developer going to evolve when things such as .NET Core and Standard and all these new things evolve? So I think we're in a really interesting time. And I'm really excited to talk about how we share more code and how we we bring that out to the world. And then how do these really cool devices allow us to do really unique things? And that's a very um, high level, I guess, yeah. uh, <laughs> thing. But I, it's hard for me to answer because we just we, we have some really I mean. I don't think we're ever going to talk about C++. Who put that on here? But let's never talk about C++. Oh, my goodness. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, I'm going to echo back a few things you just said there. Um, I, I think we're in an amazing place with .NET right now. I think we've finally figured out open source and with he- uh, Microsoft embracing it, things are really moving al- along quickly and they're moving along at least in a direction I like. <laughs> I don't know if everyone likes, but I like. So it's just a basically a good time to be a .NET developer. So I basically don't have any complaints from that community. And I'm just looking forward to everyone converting all their libraries is over so that we even have a bigger and bigger and bigger ecosystem. Yeah. And so that's just that part of me is just excited. But I've been excited with that for the last year because it's just such a relief from where things were just five years ago. You know, such a big difference.
0: It is. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm just yeah, interested to see where the world goes and where it takes it and, and, and what's next and what other platforms we can tackle. But she does have another question, which is a good one, actually. And I've been struggling it a lot. And we've we've talked about it a little bit here and there. But she asks, how do we cope with preview versus stable releases? Specifically around right now, you have not mm-hmm. only just new betas of iOS, but you have Visual Studio previews and Xamarin previews and you can Xamarin Live Player thing and you have other integrations <laughs> into it. How do you cope between switching between all of these environments? And, and barely. For you, Frank, how do you switch between all these environments and and try to produce production things?
1: Barely. I barely cope. It's difficult. <laughs> um, well, we'll do the beta one first. That's the easiest. I just devote machines to it. So I'll say this laptop is going to become an Xcode beta machine. It, in the past, it's actually been pretty easy to switch between beta and not beta. And I've talked about it and I've said it's easy. But the truth is I just cordon off a machine. <laughs> you are now, mm. you are now beta. Good luck. Good luck. Go into the wild. And that happens with my devices too. So. I have enough devices where i can say okay half of you are going to become ios 11 the other half of you are staying back in the past because you got to make sure well one when you're upgrading an app to work on ios 11 you have to make sure it still runs on the old stuff so you know you just have to do that and then also it's good for comparisons if something's not working you don't know whether you can blame it on the beta or if it's your own bad coding so you just need it for your own sanity so I, i definitely separate the machines
0: I think that that is the best route to go. I think Visual Studio 2017 has a nice, they have the sandboxed preview and non-preview. So that's really nice because before yeah. I never really wanted to up, upgrade mm-hmm. and test things. I think as a developer, I've always been um, in the state of mind that I have to be okay with, I have to redo my machine at any time type of scenario. Yeah. And I don't yeah. want to, but that's just the life I live in
1: that fail fast there. dude <laughs> just throw that exception you know? exactly, yeah <laughs> yeah for- i've completely i've completely switched everything around so that i can destroy a machine and bring it back up and not you know yeah. in, in an hour or two
0: <laughs> and and on mac you use time machine all the time just always be backing up with time machine exactly. but um i do the same thing I'll, I'll be honest with you so i have two macs and um this is a nice little setup this is my pro pro james tip um i i have two macs and i have a surface book And my Surface Book and my Mac Adorable are my production demo ready machines, which are always on stable all the time. I have another MacBook Pro, um, interestingly enough, which uh, has a Windows boot camp, which is on all the previews, all the crazy bits, internal (laughs) shenanigans that I'm testing here. And it also has all the Mac and Visual Studio for Mac, and Xcode preview shenanigans, um, because that's my machine that, like again, I could wipe around at any time. It's just me exp- experimenting, and I also have um, multiple devices. I actually have, you made a good point. You need devices with different operating systems, and I made the mistake in the past of getting rid of devices that were uh-huh. running older versions of the OS, so I actually had to go out and buy, which becomes very hard to find devices uh-huh. that are running old OSs, but I have two Android devices, a Windows phone device. I have an iPhone device and an iPad and then my own personal Android device. And between those devices, they're running, you know, I guess every single one of them is a different oh, yeah. version of the <laughs> operating system.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Them yeah. Hard. I'm not that bad, actually. I have an excellent recycling program. When I'm done with a device, I give it to my father. When he's done with it, he gives it to my mother. When she's done with it, she gives it back to me. So I always have a nice stock of super old devices I can test on after they've been through the ringer.
0: That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's a good idea. Yeah, Yeah, I should I should do that a little (laughs) bit more. I think (laughs) it's better than just a drawer of devices, but at the same time,
1: it's not bad to have a drawer of devices. No, it's not so bad. Yeah. Um. I guess they are making it better. You, you said Visual Studio can run. It's it's m- way more sandbox than it used to be. So it, when things happen, I can switch a computer between beta and not beta, but I have a set of lists of things I go through that I manually do to make sure I can actually switch over. And in general, it's just not worth it.
0: Yeah. And then for production stuff, I just use CI services. I don't actually build any of my apps. So on my own that's machine the, anymore.
1: That's been the biggest benefit yeah is um i i did that all the way up until just a few months ago as i always built my releases myself manually on my dev machine mm-hmm. and I'm thankfully got in the religion that no that's terrible so <laughs> not doing that anymore exactly
0: yeah and i um, i got to the point where i said um uh, even some new clients that may have you know wanted some work i go you know, do you have CI set up? And they go, No, I said. Well, part of the contract will be that we set up CI. So <laughs> <laughs> better add
1: that in. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, so we got to add that in. So, but that's kind of that's kind of how I kind of look at it. But um, yeah. yeah, all right, Frank. Anything else you want to talk about today?
1: No, I appreciate that you got a written letter, though. That's pretty awesome.
0: Did get a written? I'll I'll bring it over. <laughs> I'll share it with you. <laughs> Fancy, pretty great. All right. Well, no. I think that's about it for this week. I'm excited to actually. I will eventually play with it, but I'm going to wait for. Oh, thank you.
1: Yeah. I'll write you a cool coffee demo. Really intrigued you.
0: (laughs) I like that. I like that. All right. Cool. Well, all right, buddy. Well, until next week, this has been Merge Conflict. You can find us all places all over the internet, mergeconflict.fm. There's your one-stop shopping for stickers, but also contact form, where you can write on a keyboard and type us in. If you uh, want my physical address, you got to work for it. Um, (laughs) I don't share that with a lot of people. Uh, (laughs) There's that. Um, Unless you're sending me an NES classic, I guess. But uh, (laughs) um, that's about it. You can find Frank at Proclarum. I'm at James Montemagno. The podcast is at mergeconflict.fm on twitter and until next time i'm james montemag Magnow. and i'm frank krueger thanks for listening peace